Hey everyone, welcome back. My name is Sam. And I'm Melissa. I grew up in the FLDS community. It is a polygamous group run by Warren Jeffs, and I moved out when I was 18 years old. I was raised LDS. Sam and I have been married for nine years, have two awesome kiddos. And our, our mission here is to create compassion for communities that are misunderstood, marginalized, and or abused by their leaders, as well as empower those who have left like Sam by giving them a platform to share their stories with the world. Yes, and we are excited today to welcome our guest, Carlene. Hey there, welcome. Thanks for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> and thank you all for being back with us today and for supporting us through liking, subscribing, and sharing our videos. We really do appreciate it. We are so excited to have Carlene. I like have so many questions even before we hopped on here. I'm like asking all these questions because I'm so excited to have somebody from Centennial Park, but she has so much more to her story than just being from the other side of the hill yeah. um, and the other cities just to, just beyond the river bend. <laughs> um, so we're really excited to get to share some of her story and what her family dynamic was like. Yeah. So Carlene, you have a very unique story. You told us that you are kind of, you live between both places, the uh, Short Creek area or Colorado City, Hilldale. And then also in Centennial Park, could you explain to our viewers how it was that you ended up living in both places at once? Yeah. So, well, three years before I was born, then the community that was the FLDS at the time in the 80s had split into two. Um, and my dad's side of the family went with what's known as Centennial Park. And my mom's side of the family stayed with the FLDS or the Jeff's clan is sometimes what I call it. But <laughs> Centennial Park, they coined the term second word versus first word. So if that falls out of my mouth, that's because I'm that's how I was programmed. <laughs> um, okay, so first words referring yeah. to Centennial Park and second word as FLDS, correct? Actually other way around, which is kind of oh. weird, right? Yeah. You would think that you'd want to put yourself first. Yeah. Right. You would think <laughs> Who so. Who came up with this? <laughs> I don't know. It's just what I was taught from as young as I remember. So yeah, and I was actually born in Hilldale. So I lived in Hilldale, not in Centennial Park, but we would go to church in Centennial Park. Oh, interesting. So your whole life was, or you were raised in Hilldale? Yes. Okay. And you, so what, do you mind if I ask what your last name is? Williams. Williams. Okay. So yes. did you, did you live on Water Canyon Street? Yes. <laughs> okay. I think that's, well, I called it Williams Avenue, but. Well, of course I think you it did. is called that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know. Egocentric no. much? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, I think I know your family. And maybe I saw you, you around as well. Because you, I, if I'm picturing the house, you're, you're just right up the street from where we live. Uh, yeah, we also okay. live on Water Canyon there. Sure. I think I know where your house was, actually. I think I walked past it to school. It's like. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So we yeah. grew up as neighbors. Fantastic. Okay. More Connecting less, the yeah. dots here. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay. And, and then like my said, mom's, oh, go ahead. I'm just going to ask, you said that you lived in Hilldale, but you would mm -hmm. attend church in Centennial Park. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, go ahead. And, and you mentioned that like, uh, it's so, it's more fancy or whatever. That's the mansions and stuff over there. Like, I feel like they're Victorian or something. Like there's this like aesthetic about them. Mm. And I very much remember that part of it when I was little. I don't know if that's relevant to your question, but yeah. So, yeah. and you're referring to the mansions in Centennial, Centennial Park, Park. Side, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. We noticed that, that it seems like in Colorado city, Hilldale area, there's a lot of big homes, but not all of them are completed or look very fancy on the outside. Right. But, but like you said, in Centennial Park, they all seem to be very, very fancy, very nice homes. Yeah. It's like night and day. We just a couple weekends ago, it was the first time that 
he's ever taking, taken me over the hill. And for those of you that don't know what I'm referring to, in Short Creek, you have Hilldale and Colorado City that are right next to each other. And then it literally is just this little hill. You cannot even see the community on the other side, even though it's like one mile down the road, not even a mile. Yeah. And you go over this hill and you come down on the other side and it was like a whole different yeah. world because like you said, these huge, beautiful houses, very manicured lawns too, because that's another mm-hmm. thing in Hilldale. I felt like even the houses that were completed, they didn't really care a lot about the aesthetic of the yards or anything like yeah. that. And that was a whole different thing in Centennial Park. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also just a lot to upkeep and especially in Arizona. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I can yeah. imagine. Mm-hmm. So you were raised in Hilldale. And so what was your, how often would you visit Centennial Park or did you spend most of your time in Hilldale? I mean, I feel like it was mostly in Hilldale just cause of like school and stuff. Um, but yeah, for church and for, holidays we'd go to centennial park or like if they had a community thing for the holiday and that was because you had family there that you would go and do holiday with because maybe when you were a lot younger there were there were holidays and things that we would do around shore creek area Mm -hmm. and you know at the parks and that but did you attend those by out of curiosity did you attend the the events like the fourth of july and things that we would put on there in in uh colorado city yeah, it's crazy. I don't remember doing that until after my mom went back to FLDS, the first D's, the first word. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, I don't remember doing any of that. Like, I remember I would s- sometimes see like her mom, and but I had relatives I never knew I had, but mm-hmm. and just and and events like that. Like, I I felt like FOMO or like I was grieving what I'd missed out on. <laughs> Kind of interesting with with like the harvest festival like i remember uh-huh. really loving that you know yeah yeah stuff like that wow yeah. so in your family dynamic how many were there plural wives how many moms how many children in your family yeah so my dad's actually had five wives total but it's never been more than four at one time and then okay. yeah and then in my house under the roof that i lived under was only three of my moms there was one that had like her own house oh. i don't know how that worked I mean, clearly it didn't, but <laughs> yeah. it worked for as long as it did. I'll just say that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. So yeah. it's, it's just hard to understand, or I'm trying to grasp. Um, so did you attend any of the FLDS meetings or churches as a young, as a young girl? Yeah, I did when my mom was starting to, I guess, come back to the fold. <laughs> I mean, she okay. had always wanted to, but for as long as I remember is when she was, I guess, getting brave enough to leave my dad. Then she started taking us to the first word, FLDS. Okay. So stuff. was she already married to your father within the FLDS when the split happened? Is that what I'm yes. understanding? And then mm-hmm. he chose to go to the second ward or a Centennial Park group. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, his whole family went. So it's just like, I mean, you know, we were like, we had a coined term, which was Wicked Williamses. Like there's just this, <laughs> there's like this connotation that the Williamses are just bad news. I mean, oh, according no. to the FLDS. FLDS, yeah. 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 I hate to admit it, but <laughs> I mean, that that's, we were told to stay away from the Williams house because, well, and I think it was because there was the, the difference in belief there, you know? And so they, anyone that, it was the same for those that live in Centennial Park. We were told to stay away because they were known as, in, in our family anyway, as the apostates that had chosen yes. to follow a false prophet or a false leader of some kind. 
Exactly. Like I was called an apostate before I knew what it even meant. Because when I think about it, I'm like, I technically didn't apostatize when I was born because <laughs> I was never yeah. part of, you know, so like, yeah, but I, I didn't know what it meant. But I remember feeling like, I think that's negative. I think that's bad. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, man. Yeah. Was it hard? Because you mentioned that you went to school and things in, did you go to school? Was there a public school in Kildale that you attended? Yes. Phelps Elementary. Oh, um, you, you, would, okay. So that was yeah. before Warren took over and shut down all the yes, schools. It was. I yeah. see. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, w- I wonder if you know any of my older siblings that uh, attended, because I never did. I never had mm-hmm. that opportunity. I and I, I, I don't, I'm trying to remember if at some point there must have been a crossover where some of my older siblings were allowed to attend, but us younger siblings were not allowed to attend and we were told to just be homeschooled. So mm-hmm. I don't know when exactly that happened, but I just know as far as I'm concerned, I was never allowed to attend the Phelps mm-hmm. Elementary School. How old yeah, were you when it got shut down? I think I was about 10, but I was actually not there anymore. My mom had already uh, remarried my stepdad. Oh, okay. So you said that you had three moms under the same roof at the same time. How many siblings did you have from your mother? And how many siblings would be in the household at one time? Um, my mom had 14 with my dad. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, and by the time I was born, my oldest sister had already moved out, gotten married, had a kid. And so it was never like all of us under the same roof at the same time. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know the math of how many were there. I just know my oldest sister was gone and, and very quickly my other siblings left too, like the oldest ones. Okay. And where do you fit into those 14? I'm number nine of my moms. Okay. And then did the other mothers have quite a few children as well? Yeah. Let's see. Uh, my dad's first wife, actually, she only had three, which is, I mean, that's a lot, but <laughs> you know, if I, yeah. in California, that's a lot, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but in comparison, it was, she only had three. And then my dad's second wife had, I think 12 or okay. maybe just 11 with him. I'm not sure. 12 or 13. I don't know. Wow. But yeah. So and a, then the one that family. had her own house. Yeah. It, it is a big family because the one that has their own house has 11 kids. So it adds up to about 40. Uh, there, I think there were 41 births, but two of them died as babies. And so I think there's 39 of us living. Yeah. What were you told as a child about the mother who had her own house? Like, was that considered a good thing or a bad thing for those, that mother and those children? That's such a great question because I don't remember being told much. I remember feeling a little confused. Because I'm like, wait, okay, so these guys are my siblings, but they're but they don't call my mom mother; they call her aunt. That was weird to me. Um, you know, I was I was a little confused about that, but I don't remember anyone telling me that you know that it shouldn't be accepted or that it should. You know, nothing like that. Yeah. So, Did you treat the the children as siblings? Yeah, I mean, I knew they were my siblings, but I, I didn't see them as often as the rest of them. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, and huh. she did live in Centennial Park, actually. So they, they did live over there. Okay. And we lived in so Hillville. That would, so that would be another reason for you to go over to Centennial Park to see some of your siblings then. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So which, out of curiosity, which, because you were always in Hilldale, which side did you feel most comfortable with or feel most welcome? Centennial Park or Hilldale? 
Ooh, that's a good question too, because I remember it because it was mostly rejection from the FLDS mm-hmm. at school. So, so I remember not feeling like I belonged there, but I remember really wanting to, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to feel accepted and in Centennial Park, I don't know. I don't know how I felt socially. I just knew I hated church because they would yell. <laughs> and, the, and then I could fall that. asleep when it was boring. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So we heard that some of the preachers or the leaders of the Centennial Park group would yell mm-hmm. over the pulpit. And some of the same ones that were a part of the FLDS church before would yell over the pulpit when they were a part of the FLDS. And then they, oh. and then they created their own group and I guess continued to yell over the pulpit. <laughs> yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah. One time they, one of them spilled their water. They were so mad or they were getting so angry. There was like a glass of water and they like tipped it over. It's like, oh my word. Maybe anger management. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Wow. So being part of Centennial Park group and being living within Hilldale, did you wear the typical prairie dresses? Were you allowed to wear different kind of clothing or what did your uh, clothing and modesty guidelines look like? Yeah, there was a lot of confusion there too. Um, we definitely did not wear the prairie dresses, although my mom really wanted me to. I, I remember having a lot of hand-me-downs and I don't know where they came from, but you know, it, it was modest, it, you know, as in cover to my wrists and my ankles. But yeah, it wasn't the same by any means as far as the prairie dresses or the hair hmm. or anything. So at what age did your mom start to get in good graces with the FLDS church uh, because she had left originally with your dad, correct? Yeah. You mean what age was I? What age were you? Yes. Yeah, I was nine. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you're, you're fairly young. Yeah. And even when I moved back in with my dad, he wasn't really part of Centennial Park anymore. So, so that was it. I actually, that was it with my experience with them going to church, except for like funerals. I've gone to a few of those since then, but. So at nine years old, you're definitely old enough to know kind of what a lot of the beliefs are in the Centennial Park group. Would you mind sharing a little bit of what kind of some of the expectations for you as a girl in Centennial Park were and how any expectations might have changed when your mom left and went back to the FLDS? Yeah, to be honest with you, what I remember the most is mostly what my mom expected of me, which I think was different. It was not united with Centennial Park. And I have felt like even, you know, even if they viewed me like the the brethren is what they call them over there. <laughs> even if the brethren mm-hmm. viewed me as, you know, some sort of, I don't, I mean, dare, dare I say it like property, you know, like someone they can farm out to, you know, to their, their business, whatever they do. I don't feel like they ever saw me that way just because I'm a Williams and we're the mm-hmm. bottom of the totem pole. <laughs> so, so no one mm-hmm. really like looked at me like that, that I remember of as far as like, this is what you have to do as a female. It was more, if it did feel more like, oh, you're a nuisance, go away. <laughs> so, really? I mean, no one ever said it, but you know what I mean? Like I felt like, right. like a liability more than an asset kind of thing. So. Man, I feel, I, I, I'm so sorry to, I'm, well, first of all, for any negative thoughts that I might've had towards your family, oh. I, I, I'm just, I, yeah, I hadn't even thought about how difficult it would be for someone that didn't fit in in a way that some of the families did like my family i grew up my 
dad was high in leadership. He was one of the, you know, he was the mayor of Hilldale, of Hilldale, the city. Mm-hmm. And so I just always felt like I had a place and that I fit in very easily. Mm-hmm. And I had thought about the fact that someone in a family that didn't have that status might not feel so welcome. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's added pressure though, even if you're like elite or, you know, from leadership or whatever, like, I feel like there's added pressure there that I didn't experience. So it's, it's a silver lining. <laughs> That's true. There might be some yeah. things that you're grateful for now that you didn't yeah. have to live up to certain standards, especially when the Jeffs took over. Yeah, totally. So at nine years old, your mom, you said, left your dad and went back to the FLDS. Did you get to stay, I mean, living in Hildale through that whole process or living father? No. What did that look like? We actually moved to Idaho. That's where my stepdad's from. Oh, and wow. yeah. So I think that was the biggest thing is just the distance between my parents is what was hard about them splitting up. Um, but yeah, my stepdad was also a polygamist. He has two other wives. So, uh, so he was part of the FLDS for like maybe a month. And then they were like among the first people to get kicked out when Warren took over. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So this is your stepdad now? Yeah. Okay. Man. So it, it was your, your dad left. And then even after your mom decided to come back, you know, and then your stepdad was kicked out. So this was, I mean, just the, all over the place. My goodness. It is. <laughs> yeah. So how long were you in Idaho? I mean, when you say for viewers who don't know what it means to be kicked out, I mean, they're so far distance wise that they, they just lost communication with the church or were they just in a repentant state or did they physically have to move? Yeah, no, we got to stay where we lived. We lived on a farm. And as far as being part of the group, we would go down to Salt Lake every third weekend or whatever, or for the, you know what I mean? The third weekend that's priesthood weekend or whatever we would go to salt lake for that but that only happened yeah a few times so maybe more than one month a couple months but yeah i remember thinking that was weird to be in the first uh first word salt lake version (laughs) that was new yeah Yeah, i'll bet that was a whole different whole different place as far as the Mm -hmm. way the church was ran i i never experienced salt lake actually and by the time i was old enough to be involved with many of the different meetings and things mm-hmm. that was about the same time that everything in Salt Lake was moving down to Short Creek. And so yeah. I never, never went to church. I never attended any of the schools or any of that that was going on up in Northern Utah. Now I'm very grateful that I wasn't a part of it, but yeah, but uh, it was very different. Yeah. I hear horror you- stories too <laughs> from there. Sorry. I cut you off. Oh no, no, you're fine. When you're, mother and stepdad were kicked out were they kind of disenchanted with it at that point and were okay leaving it or were they trying to earn their way back and what was that for you like for you as a child did you feel like you were trying to earn your way back in too or so for my parents my mom and my stepdad i think that well definitely for my stepdad it was a very mutual thing it's like Warren doesn't like me. I don't like him. Like, you know, it was kind of like that. I think my mom felt pretty torn still because she had just gotten back in the good graces of her dad and her family. And so she was actually still trying to hang on to the FLDS. For me, because the only thing that mattered to me at the time was to be accepted and have friends. 
Um, and I thought that I had that at first with my stepdad's family because we had gone up a few summers before my mom married him and everything. And then they were my friends and they were cool to me. But the summer I moved there, they weren't anymore. So, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I don't know if what I wanted at that point. I just, I think it was just all confusing, really. Yeah. Yeah. What were, did you feel like as a young girl that you were going to end up in a plural marriage? Yeah. It, the, the thought crossed my mind now and then. Was that sure. something that you embraced the idea of, or was it something that you were afraid of that could happen? Yeah. So this is kind of a flash forward, but basically what happened was um, I, I chose to go back to the FLDS at one point. I was kind of guilt tripped into it, but it, it was my choice ultimately. I mean, I was, I was 16, so I was a child, but like, you know, adolescent. And so I'm hard on myself is what I'll say for making that choice. I regret making that choice. But while I was there, I felt pretty lost and like I needed a guide. And so I thought that if I got married, then my husband would be like my guide, you know? And so I didn't care if I was like wife number seven or whatever. Of course, I could clearly see I was very wrong <laughs> about that. Right. Now I can see that. But yeah, I remember feeling that way when I was 16. So when you say you went back to the FLDS, did you physically move? Did you just get in good graces? Or what did that look like to go back? Yeah, I physically moved. Well, first of all, when I left Idaho the first time, I kind of had to trick my mom <laughs> by oh. at least having her allow me to go live with her dad. And so I did that for like a month or two. But since I had physically moved 600 miles away from her, I knew she couldn't do anything about it if I chose to go live with my dad. So I did. And then I actually, we moved to Virgin. Do you guys know where Virgin is? Yeah. Yeah. Up by Zion. Yeah. So we moved there. And so I actually went to Hurricane High School for a while. And then it was during that time that my sister, who was still in the FLDS, basically guilt tripped me into going back there. And, uh, and so it was very physical movement because it was like from Idaho and then to Virgin and then like back. Yeah, it was like a lot of. So this was a, one of your sisters. Was this a full sister or half sister? My full sister. I don't have any half siblings in the FLDS anymore. Oh, OK. Except Centennial, uh, I think. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. your sister convinced you to go back to the FLDS church. And so was she always a part of it? I, I'm just trying to understand how you were divided between family and family kicked out, family not a part of the FLDS. Uh, was your sister always a part of it during this Yeah, time? it's it's pretty crazy. She wasn't, um, not the whole time. But what had happened was eventually Warren did tell my mom to leave my stepdad. And so my mom came to live with her dad again. And that my sister was with her at that time. Um, she didn't originally move to Idaho with us, but she, you know, there was back and forth for them too. So, so my mom did go live with her dad, but then a few months later, she decided that she couldn't do it again. Like she couldn't leave her husband again. So she went back to him and my sister was actually really angry at my mom for that because she's supposed to choose priesthood. Right. <laughs> so my sister, you know, stubbornly stayed and then felt lonely and kind of made me feel responsible for her loneliness. Mm. So, yeah. And that's why you felt that you needed to go back for your sister then. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't say no to her. I couldn't let her down. 
I understand, I understand that. that. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the oldest sister, so I get that. You feel that responsibility over your siblings for sure. So you're 16. So did you move back at this time? Are you and your sister both living with your grandpa? Yeah. Grandfather? Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but my, she, uh, what happened first? He got kicked out not very long after that. So then we had to go live with my uncle. And then she got married after that. So then I was alone <laughs> by myself. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Completely by yourself? Like, in other words, no one else in my family was, was with me, except for my cousins, but no, my, not my immediate and this was, family. Okay. And this was in now in Hildell again? It was Colorado City, but yeah. Okay. Tomato, tomato. But back, back to short crew. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all the same place. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So you were back in with the FLDS, living in Short Creek, mm-hmm. Colorado City, and now you're by yourself because of all the different moves that your family had had at that point. Yeah. So through all that moving, was there any point in your own personal like spirituality that you kind of doubted what was going on or it sounds like there were so many moves and so many big changes. Did you have a chance to even stop and think about how you felt about the church or was it more just trying to make it through a whole bunch of changes as an adolescent? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I kind of always, you know, was calling BS basically. I could smell it, but, but I I knew what was important to me as far as how I felt. Like I said, I wanted to feel accepted. And, And even with my sister, like I felt, responsible for her feelings and guilty because she wanted me to feel guilty. (laughs) Um, And then when I had made the choice to go back there, I didn't regret it immediately, but I'd see people that were my friends prior to that. And I was like, oh, I forgot about them. And I was like, oh no, what did I do? Because like, it's not like I really wanted to be there. It was just more out of guilt than out of desire. So, and I did feel like I had to to recite the scripts and, you know, perform, I guess you could say, to prove that I really wanted to be there just so that I could, so I wouldn't have to deal with the fact that I'd made a big mistake. But yeah, <laughs> here I am dealing yeah, with well, it. Yeah. And at that, at such a young age, you know, you can't yeah. really blame yourself for just wanting to be accepted and also wanting to, after being told probably your entire life to believe a certain way. You know, that's, I, I'm with you there. That's, I mean, I look back now and sure, I wish I would have done things differently, but Mm -hmm. at that age, you just try to follow along and live the best you can. Yeah. I mean, I, I am gentle on myself. It's like, I shouldn't have had to make a choice like that anyway. Like I shouldn't have been cornered to, you know, have to choose that. So. Exactly. I think I see a lot of times. And it's very common for people who have left like other people we've interviewed or for Sam, where because you guys grew up with so much responsibility, I think you guys feel like you're so old at 16, right? Like you're thinking about marriage and you're thinking about that you're old enough to make all of these adult decisions. And then hopefully now that you guys are in the real world or, you know, as Sam knows, we have a daughter, he like recognizes like 16 is not old enough to be responsible for those kind of decisions or to be getting married or to be worried about getting married or any of those type of decisions. So I'm glad that you guys yeah. both recognize it now, but I hope anybody that's watching, if anybody is in that situation, realize like you still are a child too. And those shouldn't be your type of responsibilities. 
because that really is too young for those type of things. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true because if we have a lot of younger siblings, we're kind of parentified. It's like we're their parents too, in a way. And so I feel like that does contribute to like if you're 16, yeah, you think you're a grown adult. Oh man, maybe you had some similar thoughts, but when I was, I must've been 11 years old. I remember thinking I was standing on the stairs that looked out to our backyard through the window, looking out the window and thinking, I'm ready for marriage. (laughs) You know what? I I can do this, right? Bring bring me those wives. And and I, I say that because that's kind of the idea of the whole thing was the importance of getting married. And so at such a young age, I, th- I thought, you know what, let's go, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> for, for a young woman, though, as, or a young girl as you were out there, maybe it was different. Maybe for the girls, they were terrified that they would be placed with someone at such a young age. I'm not sure. I mean, I definitely like remember being teased. Or maybe you'll marry that guy or maybe you'll marry that guy, you know. So there were definitely some of them that I was like, oh, hell no. Like, no, not that, you know, so I, I, it's not like I didn't ever feel that way. It's just depended on the situation, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So how long were you back in that situation? You're going back to the FLDS, your sister then gets married. How much longer did you stay and what brought you to the the turning point? I think it was actually three years. Although there was a weird thing that happened in that time with my mom because I was still under 18 and it was just getting crazier. Like Warren was getting crazier. And so my mom freaked out and she got a private investigator and a cop to like help her force me to go back to Idaho with her. (laughs) So I I did spend some time in Idaho during that time, but I was like still part of it. Yeah. That was weird. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So Interesting. So your mom disagreed with what Warren was doing. And this was when, at this point. What, what, was, what was happening at this point that she, that caused her to have this concern? Well, for one thing, her, her father getting kicked out because that meant her parents were split up and they had been to previously been together 50 years or something, you know? So like that was a big deal to her. And then, you know, yeah, she just thought Warren was wrong for that. And so mm-hmm. she started being more critical of him. And yeah, she, she freaked out because my uncle had told her that I didn't want to talk to her, which was true. I told him that I didn't want to talk to her because I thought he meant at that moment, but she mm-hmm. took it to mean I never wanted to talk to her again. So she freaked out and got help to come force me to go to Idaho with her until I was 18. So, oh, wow. Yeah. That was probably one of the beginning. I mean, I don't know what year that was, but that'd probably be towards the beginning of any type of law enforcement having to come in and force children to be with their mothers, because now there's so many mothers that are trying to fight to have their children back. Yeah. So I can only imagine that that battle for your mother at that time was probably pretty Mm -hmm. intense. Yeah. One of those mothers is my stepdad's sister actually. So, Oh yeah. Like one of them that I see on the headlines. I'm like, Oh, I know her. (laughs) Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Trying to get her children back now. Mm Mm-hmm. I think wow. it's one child, but yeah. So you were just under 18 and you went back up to Idaho. And so, and this must have been about the time, it sounds like about the time that Warren started changing everything and kicking people out and just all of the changes started taking place. So 
Did you end up going and staying up in, in Idaho at that point or did you come back down? Yeah.